Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz-Tyson is available for Monday the 18th of April 2022 with me. Daniel Ruiz-Tyson, episode 383, the crawl towards episode 400 continues. Hope you're all healthy, healthier than I sound, still wheezing post-COVID and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. Uh, A week of library fines. An accumulation of library fines, which uh, from different boroughs, as you may know, if you're a regular listener, I'm registered with four different boroughs. I'd like to register for a fifth. I used to have, uh, no, actually it was my sister who had membership of Merton Borough when she briefly lived there. And uh, Morden Library is a really good one. And I have considered getting membership for Merton Libraries, but, you know, I'm not there that often, though I was there at the weekend. So I think uh, that would probably be uh, one of those boroughs, just like Victoria, well, the Westminster Borough, rather, where I'm not going there that often. So it might be pointless. I don't even know why I've got into this. Uh, Basically, it's been a week of uh, library fines accumulated at two different boroughs. Normally, I'm very good when it comes to um, avoiding library fines. I'm very organised, but I picked up uh, fines for two of the boroughs thankfully they accepted my version of events which was uh, genuine that I've just been all over the place uh, post-covid and uh, those fines have been waived in the case of one borough they did something which I don't really like because I, I always stagger my book renewals I mean you know I've got them I've got those renewal dates written everywhere i Probably could do with getting a bit more organised on that front, maybe just a big post-it note and stick it on the uh, PC monitor. But I don't like having all my books set to be renewed on the same day. And that's what one of the boroughs has done, despite me already having uh, had the fees waived over the phone. I'd emailed them before that. So someone else came back to me and said, yes, we've uh, waived your fees. Or I I can see that uh, a colleague has taken these fines off the system and I've now renewed all your books for this particular date. And when I'd spoken to the uh, library, this isn't even interesting. It's not even on my list of notes. I don't know why I've opened with this. My note simply said library fines, and I've just expanded on what should have been a very short intro to lead into the show proper. But, you know, I've committed to this anecdote now, even though it's probably of no interest to you. I've got to see it through to the end. So permit me to do that. Where was I with this? Yeah, the guy came back to me. That's a hard swallow. 30.07 hours. May as well give you a time check. That's the first hard swallow of this week. I don't even know where this is going. Right. Anyway, all the books have now been renewed for the same day. So that's, uh, yeah, I, I just don't like it. I, I like to be the one doing the renewal. You know, I, I like to be in charge of the renewal. Let's uh, let's move on. Something I've noted in recent weeks, you know, coming from the borough of Lambeth, this is uh, 
not a clever thing to do, but there is a, a lack of bins, street bins in Lambeth. And, you know, other people who live in the borough have said the same thing to me, which is extraordinary when you consider how much rubbish is on the streets around here. But something I've noticed is that outside the Brixton Academy, on both sides of that road by the main bus stops, the bins have been removed, which I find really surprising because, for a start, as we know in South London, people like to eat on the buses. Sometimes they'll be at the bus stop with their boxes of fried chicken and it may be, fortunately for for the other passengers, that they finish their chicken before they board the bus. So therefore, if you haven't been by that bus stop, they can dispense of their box of chicken properly. Though, of course, if you saw a picture I posted on Instagram and Twitter during the week where there was a, a takeaway cup of coffee perched on the edge of a Lambeth Street bin, you'll note that even, I mean, it just seems very difficult for locals to actually dispense with their rubbish properly. But to remove the bins from the bus stops, when people, even people who are well-mannered enough not to do their eating on the bus, they might, like me, be having a banana before boarding the bus, you know, as they seek to suppress any stomach rumbles on public transport. But, you know, where would you go now with a banana peel? They've taken the the bin away. It's it's just uh, extraordinary. So those boxes of chicken, if they're going to be finished on the bus, they're of course going to be left on the bus. You know, you can take that uh, as a given in Lambeth. But there was a small chance that if the box of chicken was finished before the bus arrived, then that chicken eater might just about have enough about them to bin that box properly. Absolutely no chance now. I, I don't understand this. I really don't. Also, I think I've mentioned in recent weeks that the pandemic era has seen dog muck on our streets shoot up to levels not seen for a long time. And I, I've seen this in North London as well on my trips there, regular trips now owing to these uh, comedy gigs. And I've had a couple of people talking to me about that in the last few days, you know, talking about as they're walking their dogs, you know, I've been arguing with, well, debating with them really amicably. Uh, my issue with dogs, you know, that uh, the poop bag is just not a solution. We need dog-specific parks, as they used to have in uh, central London, in Belgravia, when I was a kid, when my mum used to walk her boss's dog. It was a park specific for the dog walkers. We really do need that in London because our parks are, are, are filthy. And they were saying that when they're walking their dog on the way to the park, the amount of dog muck they see now, I think it might be pandemic related. I think the pandemic has changed people's behaviours in certain areas. And I think just not caring enough now about clearing up after their dog is one of them. So uh, moving on, loud motorbike going past those uh, Thames water manhole covers. Actually, I'll go into my Twitter DMs because I've been having a back and forth with Thames water. Apparently, this is what they're called. Um, they're telling me, yes, the cover isn't a manhole. It's a clean water asset cover. I was supposed to know that. I've been dealing with these manhole covers. Let me stick with that for the time being. I've been dealing with this now for about four years it's coming up to four years in August. No one's ever said to me it's actually a clean asset water cover or clean water asset cover. These levels look a bit high. I'm going to have to knock them down. Let me just scroll down here. This is just going to be another lock and load episode. Minimal editing. I just don't have time to do the editing I used to do on this show. It's, it's the only way to get these shows out now. Just uh, really up against it in terms of 
everything. What was that? Everything. So, yeah, the flat is doing me in, you know, ladybirds, mice, moths. It's like a wildlife reservation in here. The moths I'm in control of because every now and then I buy those, um, whatever they're called, that you stick amongst your clothes. Now, they're very effective if uh, if a little on the expensive side. But the moths arise as a result of keeping the blinds closed so as to stand a better chance of keeping the ladybirds out. And because the ladybirds are a protected species, there's nothing I can do about the ladybirds except on the quiet uh, spray the windows with my insect repellent, which is very effective. On the mice front, that is, uh, yeah, I'm just dismayed to have that situation going on. You know, every day having to joke mousetraps, probably need to get a couple more mousetraps this week. You know, to be spending money that I'm not even earning. There's no money coming in. To be spending that money on mousetraps at this age as well, to get to know how to use different types of mousetraps, People say, why don't you get a cat? And of course I could, but, you know, I'm not a cat guy. I wouldn't know what to do with a cat. There's no garden for the cat to roam around in as well. And also the cats will tend to bring in trophies, you know, whether it's mice or worse still, birds. You know, no no, no thanks to any of that. I'm just not an animal guy. There is the option of getting Rent-A-Kill in, but Rent-A-Kill... It's not really going to make my life that much difference. You know, if they lay down poison, I'm still going to be the ones finding the mice and having to remove the mice. The issue is the entry points need to be sealed off and they're not normal entry points. You know, for example, the one at the back of the flat requires extensive work, probably needs a builder because the issue is under the actual bath. You know, you lift the, um, you take out the panel, it's just foundations underneath. It wasn't done properly. So that's a real concern. I've just uh, not really relaxed in this flat. You know, I come in, you know, I'm coming back from gigs right away. First thing I do is check the traps. It's just, it's just not a great way to live. Sorted out the um, the overflow pipe as well. Got the plumber in. That was a bit expensive and uh, you know the guy came in thankfully wasn't wearing shorts this time you know because I'm already having to deal with him having a hotmail address and uh, when you ask a question you get the yeah 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 back which I'm always very suspicious of uh, always very suspicious of people who give you the three yeah yeah yes but um, at the moment it's uh, it's working okay he didn't bring his ladder which meant I had to use the ladder in this place which has no locking latch and that ladder as he went up in the bathroom to access the water tank in the loft there, the ladder was pushing the bathroom panel back, which I've got sealed in a makeshift uh, makeshift job to try and prevent mice. Uh, I've got wire wool under there and this uh, sealant that I use, which is very difficult to use. It's not a, it's a real design flaw on those cans, so I just can't use it anymore, even though it's nearly full. I just can't get it working. So he knocked the panel out of place again. So again, I had to start uh, stuffing wire wool underneath the bathroom panel. And the thing about wire wool is it gets everywhere. Last week when I went to a gig, I was feeling this sharp pain in my, I think it was my left foot in the sock. I was thinking, what have I got in here? Have I got a stone in this sock? What's going on? Managed to get rid of whatever it was that was bothering me initially. I had a suspicion it might be the wire wool. But there was another bit of wire wool in there that I didn't see until the evening when I got back. And every other step was just really painful. And basically this one bit of wire wool had cut up my left foot. 
over a period of hours. So it's it's that knock-on effect from basically, you know, living in a place that's not too great to live in. My weekend, it was okay. Saturday was, was, was fun. I went to see uh, who is the guy who is my oldest remaining friend, going back to my, you know, nursery years, even before school. Went to see him in uh, Merton. Uh, him and his wife, uh, both very old friends of mine. Um, my friend, she's got... Uh, this dog walking business which has really taken off and it includes dog boarding so I think there were five or six dogs and maybe it's the stand-up but very early on I'd remembered all the dogs names there was uh, Gus which is their dog a black Labrador nice dog uh, one of the few dogs I actually get on with and will stroke of course left-handed so I can leave the right hand free for uh, for my coffee or any nibbles that are, are put out there was uh, Polly a golden labrador 14 month old puppy that was ginormous who is uh, my friend's daughter's dog she's apparently just picked up the dog in the last month because the owner could no longer look after it the dog uh, it's a beautiful looking dog only 14 months old very excitable when I got there, but massive. You would hope that that dog doesn't grow much more because then uh, room space might be an issue, I suppose. And there were these two, I think they were called cockapoos. There was Bailey, this beautiful caramel colored dog, really lovely dog. There was, I think there was Rosie, who was half dead, genuinely half dead, limping along. Uh, she's blind, she's deaf and something else, whatever else. And I'm trying to remember, I've actually forgotten the name of the really naughty dog. The dog that was just not leaving the other dogs alone. You know, a lot of rectum sniffing, a bit of humping. Uh, my friend, it was, there was a really funny moment where my friend went to sort something out in the front room, I think. So he shut the kitchen door where the dogs were, but the naughty dog was I think another cockapoo he'd got out he'd snuck out and my my friend had clearly taken a dislike to this little dog and uh, moments later he just flung it back into the room by its collar it was so badly behaved this dog and it just agitates the other dogs and uh, if there was a bad apple in that pack of dogs it was this little dog but it was uh, it was really interesting watching all these little dogs and bigger dogs uh, playing together, and uh, it was a nice way to to spend the day. A couple of the dogs were marking their territory in the garden. My friend was getting even more irritated, so he was just chucking jugs of water over these uh, spots of urine. And uh, then some of his other friends brought their own little puppy around later. Sadie, another cockapoo, I think, really cute, caramel coloured. Uh, I stroked her, so I stroked two of the six dogs there. I I, I did stroke. And I got speaking to one of the guy's wives and um, she was giving me a, uh, the history of the poodle because um, I was trying to find out what, where the cockapoo, is that the name? I think it is the cockapoo, where it came from. And it was, of course, it's part poodle. And she was telling me that uh, historically there were three breeds of poodles and the biggest breed in France of the poodle was was a hunting dog. And she said they could be quite vicious and very fast. And actually, I then told her, well, that fits in with what I've seen in my local park. The fastest dog I've seen in that park is this giant black poodle. I've never seen a dog run at that speed. If that dog was to hit you, 
you would be hurt. You'd, you'd be hurt badly. I've, I'd never knew a poodle could fly like that. She was talking about there are different cuts of poodles uh, and and the tall one, which we don't see that much of. That is uh, that that that's the poodle that was effectively uh, a hunting dog. So uh, apparently there is a turnover of dogs. The naughty dog, I think, gets picked up on Wednesday. Uh, my friend, she was saying that she's kind of had enough of that particular dog because it can cause so many problems. It just doesn't stop. They had cradles for two of the dogs, and, and this dog is one that needs to be cradled at night because it's just uh, non-stop, does not stop hassling the other dogs. So she has a, a high turnover of, of, of dogs that are, you know, that are left with them while the owners go on holiday. So it's great. And she doesn't need to advertise. That's how well the business is doing. She does not need to advertise. How lucky is that? Wouldn't that be the dream for all of us? So it was a nice evening. We played a bit of darts in the evening. I hadn't played darts for a long, long time. Played different variations of darts. In fact, we didn't actually play darts. We played two games. I think one was called Killer, and I can't remember what the other one was. And I won't try to explain it because... You know, I, I didn't actually know how the game worked anyway when I was playing it, although somehow I reached three consecutive finals. But uh, my friend and his friend, who, who I've also known for about 25 years, they were serious enough about their darts to have their own special darts, different weights on the flights. I think my friend was using 28 and uh, the guy who was a real darts player. He was using, I think, 23, all of which means nothing to me. But if you're into your darts... It may mean something to you. On the running front, not sure if I'm going to be able to get out for a run today. I'm hoping the fact that it's not too warm in terms of bank holiday weather out there. I'm hoping that that might mean the park's a bit quieter and I can go out. It was a bit too busy for me on Friday. And it's still something, even though I'm used to running now. One of the things that used to put me off about running years ago, you know, and I'd had this um, earlier running spell in the early noughties, which wasn't anywhere near as prolonged as this but you know being a very kind of shy guy and aware that my running gear is very dated uh, I don't like running in busy parks obviously at bank holidays I'm seeing a lot of people having picnics lying down on that soiled grass often without a blanket if it's white people don't know what it is with their aversion to uh, the picnic blanket and yeah I just get a bit self-conscious Get a bit self-conscious. Trying to speak away from the mic because I can hear my breathing, but I don't think this is uh, going to work. So let me just get back to the mic. So I've still got to rehearse my set because I got some. Uh, I got a gig tonight. So I'll come to that in a moment. Need to rehearse my five minutes for that. Hopefully, I'll get out for a run uh, this afternoon, and that will mean I can take tomorrow easily. I'm uh, easy rather. I'm not looking forward to tomorrow at all. Uh, Friday, I just did a short run because I had a gig in the evening. Had a few gigs last week. Wednesday's gig, was it Wednesday or Tuesday? I think it was Wednesday. Uh, Joff came with me again. I felt a bit bad for him because uh, it was really rammed in there. It wasn't the biggest space, but it did get really rammed and uh, there were no chairs for him. So uh, the poor guy had to stand the whole show. He was very good about it. But, you know, that kind of stuff, you think, well, that's not a great way for someone to spend an evening. But it was nice to uh, see uh, Joff again. This was in uh, Bloomsbury. And then afterwards, we walked back down to uh, Holborn Station, had a chat. But uh, I lost the audience pretty early on with a gag. I probably shouldn't have cracked. And, and, and I learned from that, actually, because... 
I was about to go on stage. They put me on second and I was looking at the audience. I was trying to read the audience right. And my initial instincts were, don't crack that particular gag. You're going to get into bother. You're going to lose the audience. In the end, I thought, well, screw it. You know, you can't be scared. You just got to, if that's part of your set, say it. I said it and really in hindsight, it was a mistake. The following night, I was able to change that gag. I worked it on the night, actually, which uh, the, the show had started and I actually worked it up just before I went up on stage. I worked it out and, and, and it pleases me that I've now got that about me, that I can do this because I wouldn't have been able to do that 10 years ago. So that that's sorted and I've got a variety of sets now and I'm able to decide what set I'm doing on the night. I mean, Friday, for instance, I went to a gig in Hammersmith. I had a 10 spot there, which actually turned out to be a five minute spot because again, there was such a small audience, it being Easter that they couldn't justify 10-minute spots for anyone. And the bizarre thing is I'd done a done a gig at this particular place last month where I'd done a brilliant 10-minute set. This is the set that I lost the video of. I'd actually turn up to do a five-minute set, and they thought I was down for a 10-minute set. So when I've got the five-minute set, they make me do 10 minutes. When I've got 10 minutes, they make me do five minutes. But, you know, I know my material now well enough to be able to, you know, pick whatever set I'm, I'm going to do. And I've now forgotten where I was going with that. Can't remember. But anyway, look, uh, Thursday's gig was good. But small audiences, I realised from Thursday, I mean, Wednesday's audience, you know, that was, that might have been between 50 and 70. And unfortunately for me, that wasn't a good show for me. Thursday was a really good show, but uh, the audience was tiny. Friday, the audience was even tinier. Last night was just ridiculous, and it was also a very small space in Gypsy Hill. Not uh, Sorry, strange space, huge pub, but just not a friendly space. Too, you know, too many different things going on the, in the pub. You were up against the music as well, and they managed to rustle up an audience, three of whom were a bit you know, half, well, they were half cut and making it a bit difficult. And, uh, you know, you get home and you think, really, have I not got anything better to do than this? You know, I want to get off this level of gigs as soon as possible, partly because of age, partly because I think I'm too, I'm too good. I honestly think I've proved it to myself that I'm too good, but I need to be doing gigs where I'm learning and, and it is harder to perform in front of tiny audiences than it is to, to perform in front of bigger audiences. Last night, there were just, I think, seven people there and, you know, I'm struggling with the eye contact, the lights were on and just very, very uncomfortable. Uh, got through it. It wasn't that I was nervous, but it just, I realised it's not, you know, where I feel, how I feel most comfortable on stage. Uh, I just want to be able to challenge myself in front of bigger audiences and I need to work out how I stop doing some of these nights rather than just being obsessed with accumulating stage time. You know, I've done 20 gigs in six weeks. But rather than accumulating stage time, maybe I'll just think that that's enough. Maybe pick my venues a bit more wisely. But, you know, I'm just aware that I've not done this for a long time. I felt that I needed it needed to be now or never. You know, things are going to close down when Edinburgh comes along as well. So, you know, it could mean a couple of months without doing any gigs. And uh, maybe if I didn't do this this spring and summer, I'd never do it. I've proven to myself I can do it. It's difficult. It's very challenging. It's lonely. The journey's back are lonely. I'm coming back late. I'm eating at funny times. It can be 
you know, it can cause you all sorts of anxiety on the way there. But but when I'm actually on stage, I'm not really caring. And I think that's uh, that's a healthy thing for me. That, that shows me that at the moment I've conquered the stage fright. Let me give you the gig. So tonight, if you listen to this in time, I'm. Um, let me just go to my website, wherever it is. So uh, tonight I'm in Islington, the uh, nice and spiky, is it nice and spiky? Yeah, nice and spiky comedy. Just checking that. So bad with names, right? Yeah, nice and spiky comedy in Islington, stroke angel. So I've got to get a bus from Victoria to get there. And that's at the Regent Pub. I think it's the oldest comedy night in uh, the area, in N1. And it's a night I've done, I think, back in 2011 when I was thrown just before I went on stage by a barefooted comedian who obviously thought it was really cool to be on stage barefoot. I mean, that's the kind of guy, you know, who almost deserves a thump, really, these kind of hippies. Really irritating me. What? Why would you walk through the streets barefoot when the streets are so filthy. The address for tonight's show, uh, it starts at 7.30. The address is 201 Liverpool Road, Islington. That's London, N11LX. You'll find all these uh, details at danielruistizen.com forward slash gigs or my Facebook comedy page at DRT Comedy on Wednesday. Unfortunately, I need to bring a plus one for this, and it's a really long night. I mean, these are these, these nights. A lot of the nights at this level are endurance tests, and these are the kind of nights I want to get away from, though this is one of the better ones, but it's still a long night. It's a lovely venue, this. This is um, Arch One, GMB Comedy. This starts at 7.30 p.m. West Ham Arches, Cranberry Lane. That's E16. That's E for East, 4BJ. You know what the BJ stands for. So that's on Wednesday. I'll swallow 13.29. Thursday, 21st of April. Finally, a rare South London gig for me and one on home turf. I'm at the Queen's Head on Stockwell Road, 144 Stockwell Road. SW99, T for Tango, Q for Quebec. That starts at 8pm. Let me get to my diary now. I've been so bad at uploading all these uh, shows onto, onto my website. Uh, Sunday, actually, I've put the wrong date already. On Saturday, I'm watching the boxing, Fury White at my friends. I put that down for some reason on Friday. I'm just correcting that. On Sunday, I'm at Laughter Lab. That's in Hornsey. That's going to be a really difficult journey for me because there's no tube station nearby. And uh, so it's going to be bus all the way, which was probably going to be the case. But normally I use the tubes as a guideline. It's just got railway um, stations. This is in Hornsey, 62 High Street, N87, November X. What's X? I've forgotten forgotten my phonetic alphabet. Uh, Xerox. I know that's not it, but hopefully that'll suffice for you. So those are the gigs for the next week. Do I have anything next Monday? No, nothing next monday got a got a very difficult gig next week middle of next week where uh, i had one of my worst gigs a few weeks ago i'm not going to pull out of it because uh you know i just want to see if i can step up to the challenge so those are 
the gigs. I keep turning up to these gigs with banana peels again because of a lack of bin. So I have my pre-gig bananas to stifle any uh, uh, stomach rumbles. I'll swallow 1331. And then there's no bins there. And I end up going into the venues. And one of the first things I ask the staff is, do you have a bin? And they just put their hand out. Yeah, give me give me your rubbish here. And, you know, I'm not going to give you a either a wet tissue or a banana peel. Plus, this is the pandemic age. You know, don't be so casual about it. At uh, oops, at at Friday's gig, the uh, the barmaid said, uh, "Well, just throw it into the bin." She showed me where the bin was. I threw it, missed the bin, and I said to her, "You know what? Five years ago, that would have landed inside that bin. It was just another." old man moment last night's gig i had the mc introduce me as daniel louis which was a new one so they also missed out the uh, last name what can you do i do my best i tell them my name i spell my name for them but they still don't get it right so yes the lesson is to be choosier about the gigs that i'm doing uh, by the way joff gave me this uh, hand gel uh which uh, he uses for work is his um his uh, work gave out these hand gels. I uh, posted a picture of it on the Instagram at 1607 West Egg. Joff has also uh, released another mini episode of the Joff Show. You'll find it at Spotify and all the various uh, platforms. Random Joff. I think it's a 12, 13 minute mini sode. And uh, just the beginning of the show is absolutely brilliant. Proceeded as well by uh, an advert for genital health, should you be struggling. In that particular department, you might find that very useful. So I'll be trying out Joff's hand gel in the next few days because I do need to come off this very strong, fragranted hand gel that uh, my sister bought from the uh, from the uh, Emirates. Uh, a quick observation on the Ukraine situation. Zelensky's beard. I think he's one of those guys. It's a decent beard, but I think he's one of those guys like me who doesn't have a big beard growth. And I think don't think that beard needs to be trimmed that often. I, I just think it may even be that that's the first beard he's ever grown in his life because that war has been going on now for, what, a month and a half and or maybe a couple of months, and that growth isn't... Um, Depth-wise, it's not that great, is it? It's a decent beard, but it's not... For a man of his age, it would suggest that he's not a guy who could grow a big beard moving on now god can you hear the breathing what is going on this this is a this is a post-covid thing definitely overheard on the southbound bus 14th of april 2022 i was on my way to the freedom fridge gig in kentish town 23 no i was coming back i was coming back from that 2301 hours guy behind me he's on the phone and he says i deserve 20 percent nicotine bro the reverse trip a few hours earlier to uh, North London, I got on the 88 from Stockwell and this really sweary woman got on. And the stop that I get on at Stockwell, the bus always waits there for a while for a change of driver. She wasn't happy with that. She was, I think she was, well, she was off her head. I mean, she was in her 50s. She started swearing at the driver right away. He warned her. I tweeted about this. He warned her that he'd throw her off. She kept quiet for a bit. Then she started swearing again. She started swearing at the other women. This is all on the lower deck. I'm on the upper deck. 
started swearing at the other women. Some of the other women started swearing back. It was like, you know, those uh, Western films where a punch is thrown in a bar and suddenly you've got this mass barroom brawl. It was like that. It was like the, the entire lower deck had Tourette's. Everyone was telling, all the women were telling each other to just F off, all because of this one insane woman. And I was thinking, I'm not going to make this gig on time. I, I was certain that the driver was going to see through his promise to get the police. He didn't. And thankfully, I think by Piccadilly Circus, the sweary woman had got off. But uh, it was a hell of a journey, let me tell you. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available episode 383. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607westegg. Facebook.com forward slash DRT available. That's the long running Facebook page. If you want the Facebook stand up page, that's uh, at DRT comedy. Find all my work at DanielRuizTyson.com. You have of course, have the Patreon page that does keep this show alive, patreon.com forward slash DRT available. Those of you who continue to support the show via Patreon, much uh, appreciated. You can also support the work, of course, via PayPal and uh, Kofi.com. Links on my website. Do please rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. I haven't asked that for a few shows now, but that is so important. Just listen to any of the shows that you uh, download from whichever platform. They'll all ask you to do that. I'm not alone in asking that. It is vitally important. It's the only way to grow the show, and it is why I've not been able to grow this show over the years, because it's still just stuck on 67 reviews. Uh, This Saturday, the website renews for another year. That's 192 Dollars. It's uh, it's always a bad time of year, this for me, because that is quite uh, a financial layout. So if you're able to donate anything large or small, please, to keep the work online for another year, you know, you can make a, a donation that would be greatly appreciated via PayPal. Uh, the PayPal link is on the website. It'll also be everywhere else. But that would be preferable if it doesn't sound too cheeky than uh, donating via Kofi or Kofi, whatever it's called, because I can't get my Kofi page to accept UK sterling. So payments are in dollars and the donors end up losing too much money and I don't and I end up not seeing much of that donation. So uh, PayPal would be preferable or just support the show via the patron. Anything that helps to keep this work afloat, to, to, that helps keep that DanielRuizTyson.com work online for at least another year that would be uh, appreciated. Thank you uh, for listening to that and not skipping through it. I'll swallow 1341. Happy birthday to Stuart, aka The Overfed, one of the Twitter greats of Twitter's early years. These days, taking it a little easier. Social media retirement, he uh, you'll find uh, Stuart on Instagram these days. Uh, more leisurely uh, posting rather than the phenomenally high quality Twitter posts of uh, the early 2010s. A sometime collaborator, I suppose, going right back to my... A uh, hugely fun posterous days of the Halcyon summer of 2010, just before I launched. Please don't hug me. Of you know, upon which, uh, on which rather, Stuart was a regular guest. He was also a guest on my first ever radio show for Resonance. So it's, uh, you know, we go back a fair 
way for two people who only met a handful of times. Just a, a very, very funny man who eventually, I'm pleased to say, managed to escape the London rat race. Inspirational, I think, to me to know that uh, he did make it out of here and uh, pursued his dream of uh, living elsewhere. hope it is a good one. Stuart. Books now. I'm reading The Passenger by Ulrich Alexander Boskvich. Book, I think it was written, I think it was written in the 30s. And uh, the guy had a bit of a tragic life. Uh, I think, I, I can't remember if he was interned, but I do remember that he was sent to Australia at one point. Then he decided to brave it back. I think he was trying to get to the UK but his passenger ship was sunk by a U-boat and he was one of, uh, I think, something like 360 passengers who lost their life in that incident. Um, it's an okay book. It's not really a, a, an area, uh, fiction-wise, that I read a lot of. I, I don't know why. I suppose you just have your preferences and it's not a particular area that I, I you know, I, I read a lot in. Uh, the blurb for this book, the devastating rediscovered classic written from the horrors of Nazi Germany as one Jewish man attempts to flee persecution in the wake of Kristallnacht. I really should have worked out how to pronounce that before reading that. Berlin, November 1938, with stormtroopers battering against his door, Otto Silberman must flee out the back of his own home. He emerges onto streets, thrumming with violence. It is, and there's that word again, Kristallnacht, and synagogues are being burnt, Jews rounded up, and their businesses destroyed. Hard Swallow, 1343. I actually did the Hard Swallow uh, after saying 1343. Normally I do the Hard Swallow, then I acknowledge the time. I give you the timestamp afterwards this time. I don't know, just, just reversed it, maybe just to try and keep things fresh here. Turned away from establishments he had long patronised, betrayed by friends and colleagues. Otto finds his life as a respected businessman has dissolved overnight. Desperately trying to conceal his Jewish identity, he takes train after train across Germany in a race to escape this homeland that is no longer home. 23-year-old Ulrich Alexander Boswich wrote The Passenger at Breakneck Speed in 1938. Fresh in the wake of the Kristallnacht, there it is again, Bogroms and his prose flies at the same pace. Shot through with Hitchcockian tension, The Passenger is a blisteringly immediate story of flight and survival in Nazi Germany. I'm probably about two-thirds of the way through it. Also still reading it, as that's my library book in bed, I'm reading Kenneth Cameron's The Bohemian Girl, which I started last week. I finally got into it. One of them books that were really, I found, you know, I just found it very difficult to get into the book after 100 pages, finally got into it, enjoying it now. And I was just looking into Kenneth Cameron today. I've read his previous works, but uh, I didn't realize he'd passed away last year. I think he was in his 80s. But uh, The Bohemian Girl is a really uh, good book. It's definitely, yes, I've warmed, the book has warmed itself towards me. Or what? 13, 45 hours. Just get to the end of the show. My watch strap broke on Thursday or Friday, so I glued it. And uh, I've been considering getting a digital watch, as I told you guys, I think last week, just because it would be handy, I think, on stage. And I uh, started using this Garmin, Garmin? Well, I don't know much about tech, Garmin watch that I was given. I don't know how to use it, but I noted that it had a digital face on it, and I thought that might be handy for gigs. Has to be charged, so uh, long term, you know, not something I can use because, you know, energy crisis. I don't want to be charging even more things here when I'm getting some, uh, you know, I don't know how much longer I can stay in this place. But uh, 
the watch started doing things on stage, lighting up, vibrating. I just didn't know what was going on. You know, I just, when it comes to tech, I'm not great. In local news, Brixton, Costa Coffee have now left. Starbucks, uh, 18 months ago, Costa Coffee now. And this is unusual that the high street coffee chains end up leaving. But I had a tweet from the friends of West Norwood, some annoying whistler outside. And uh, they say, I think Costa Coffee also left West Norwood, you know, couldn't cope with some of the indies that had uh, sprung up around there. So uh, good news. Someone tweeted me, I think a counsellor on Twitter that, uh, well, you know, Costa Coffee leaving would mean that people have lost their jobs. But I checked the Costa Coffee site because that was a good point. I checked the Costa Coffee site, but they've got enough vacancies there to suggest that the Brixton staff will be rehoused in some other branches, hopefully. But in terms of uh, the coffee chain itself leaving uh, the local area, I'm absolutely fine with that. I, I just don't think that is good coffee and it's overpriced. I'd like to see the Pret guys go as well. You know, they're, they're, their coffee's rubbish and it's overpriced. Uh, nectar points. Let me give you my nectar points. Actually, I should have given you my Sainsbury's points. I'm going to have to pause the show. I've been, I've been. well, that is what the nectar points are, Sainsbury's points, but I've realised I've not picked up my Sainsbury's receipt from this morning. 1347, let me pause this. And I'm back. 1350 hours. So this morning's early morning trip to the Nine Elms Monster opening balance 339 points earned two. I bought some yogurt currently discounted to £1.20. Bought some domestic stuff for the loo. That was a pound. Uh, the usual halls, sugar free, 60p, six pence uh, more expensive than super drugs. I am addicted to those. Balance was uh, £2.80, so two points earned. Closing balance of 341 points. Points worth £1.70. Not pulling up any trees, nectar points wise. Right now, Star Wars football, no games. Longest run in 32 months without a game since it returned. Now my uh, sister's gone. I really need to get on the case there because otherwise I can see the enthusiasm ebbing away. And it's such a well-organized campaign, Silver Age Season 7. It's an important one with two new teams to celebrate 40 years of Star Wars football. And I really need to pick this up. Not going to happen today because of tonight's gig. And if I can get a run in as well before the gig tonight, that will make for an easier day tomorrow, uh, reaching an unwanted milestone this week. So it's going to be a difficult week. Hospital appointment too. It's. Uh, I have to say I have and am feeling very, very low. And I think that's why I'm getting out of the flat pretty much every night. It's... Uh, just feel a bit lost, unfocused when it comes to the writing, uh, not sleeping at all. Uh, just low, low, isolated, alone, and uh, feeling like the fight's slipping out of me a bit. You know, feeling almost like I'm deluding myself with a stand-up that, yes, it's going well, but every other area of my life is just, uh, you know, falling apart and that I am set on, you know, hell-bent on this course that I've pursued with my life, which is very similar to my dad's, where you're doing things for love rather than financial gain. There's no, there's no plan. You know, you're just following your heart. There's no, there's no plan. There's no stability. There's no foundations to this, to this life. You know, it's just, well, 
you know, I've been aware of that for a long time, but I, I just think yeah, this time of year, I do struggle with the seasons. I've said it every spring. Spring is not a great time for me. And uh, yeah, not feeling great, which is, I suppose, why if I can't get a run in this afternoon, which I should do because it's Monday and I run Monday, Wednesday and Friday, that uh, that should help me. Cafe-wise, uh, I've not really uh, collated all the stuff that's been happening in the cafe because of the manner of the recordings in recent weeks. I did spot Future Me at the local estate agents last week. I know that they manage his property. I'm hoping he was only in there because that's where he goes to pay his rent if he's old school or he was just touching base there. They look after him. I'm hoping that seeing him in there didn't mean that uh, he's going to be leaving SW8 anytime soon. I was in the cafe this morning, Easter Monday. It was just opening for two hours today, 0900 hours to 1100 hours, though it wasn't going to be closing at 1100 hours because they had a quite a a few late arrivals there having breakfast, and they didn't put any sign on the door. So I think people were just thinking the cafe was open for the whole day as normal. I was the first one there. I, I got to uh, I got to South Lambeth Road by about uh, 08.45 hours. I knew it was opening at nine. And as soon as the uh, shutter went up, started walking across there and Phil Collins let me in. Three coffees, no breakfast, probably too much coffee. Did a fair amount of work there. Worked on the book for about an hour. But again, very unfocused work. Napkin placement on the glass for the third coffee. I don't know whether that was them trying to relay the message that I'm incurring a few spillages on the saucer lately. I don't know why that was uh, the case because there was no napkin on the first two lattes. And uh, on that intriguing note, I have to say that is it. That is the end of this week's show. Now it's time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun if you can support uh, this work as the website renews for another week please do uh, bear that in mind as always grateful for any donations large or small i'm daniel ruiz tyson and this start of the week i have been available 